if I can recall correctly. And sorry, I said, well, I just finished my period. Okay, let's see. Um, I know the breast is a little lumpy during that time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of said, okay, I'm gonna brush it off. But it, it did, there was a lump there and it was pronounced and I felt it. Maybe about a week or two later, bathing again, checking, and next thing I, I check underneath my arm, I'm going up here. Welcome to Diversity Dish, where we're dishing on everything diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice related. My name is Sidrola Maruska, and we're bridging the gap between what needs to be said and what needs to be heard. Those individual experiences that are often ignored or simply dismissed. Sometimes I'm dining alone, sometimes I'm dining with friends, and sometimes I'm dining a la carte. No matter how I'm dining, it promises to be delicious. Let's dig in. Helen Morgan is a broadcasting production professional with extensive talent management skills. She's passionate about bringing visions to fruition and helping talent reach their full potential. She's an aspiring voiceover artist who's worked at Lifetime TV, C-SPAN, Middle East Broadcasting Networks, Al Jazeera Network, and TV One. She's a 14-year breast cancer survivor, born and raised in New York, born to parents that were born in Cuba, but with a rich Jamaican heritage. She reps Jamaica all day long. She's also a high school friend. Hello, Helen. It is so good to have you on Diversity Dish today. And it's so good to see you, my friend. How are you? I am doing well. I'm trying to remember the last time we saw each other. I know we were in high school together, but I know we must have seen each other since high school. So- I'm sure we have, but I cannot remember myself. Yeah. And that, you know, and that makes it like a lot of years. <laughs> But you look great. Oh, thank you so much. I know my audience uh, knows that I do video as well. And so, you know, you look, you look amazing too. So one day the audience will see this image of you. Uh, So before we jump into anything, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we're talking um, about breast cancer this month. Yes. But before we jump into anything, I want you to tell me or to tell us what is it that you are most passionate about, like right now? Because I know it can change as we, you know, in life, but right now, what is it that you're most passionate about? Well, that's a very good question. Um, well, I have a lot of things that are in the works, right? Um, I do have a passion to help people. Mm. I do have a passion to see talented people come to you know fruition I like I I know I'm good at spotting talent Mm -hmm. in the past I have helped you know a couple of people like jumpstart their careers or help them here and there and and certain things especially in the music Mm -hmm. and I think that's something that's um that I find that I like doing because I I love to see when talented people are moving forward or when they're doing good and I like to kind of be a part of that too what else am I passionate about? I'm passionate about the, about the sun. It's out. It's beautiful. <laughs> I love it. We're in summer. We're in summer. <laughs> We're coming out of this. Whole, well, we are trying to come out of this COVID, but um, yes. it's, it's crazy. But I am, I am passionate that I am happy about the fact that, you know, the sun is out. The sun is out. We can and get I'm, out. I'm, it's summertime. Yeah, I can, I'm, I got up this morning, you know, and yes, so I'm thankful about that. But yeah, I would think right now, you know, I do have some things that I'm looking forward to doing. Like a friend, like I expressed to you that a friend mm-hmm. of mine, we're going to be maybe, well, we are going to be not even maybe uh, launching uh, like a podcast and yes. we're gonna get into um, talking about various subjects that are passionate to us and that we find interesting and that's affecting our culture 
mm-hmm. um, in the diaspora and as um, Africans yes. that <laughs> have yeah. been uh, placed in different areas of the world. You know, mm. I'm with I'm Jamaican heritage, your Haitian mm-hmm. heritage. Uh, my friend is African American heritage, and we have a lot of culture and a lot of diversity in our culture and beautiful hues of people. And so we're going to be talking about those things and talking about what affects us and um, trying to look, uplift the culture in our way. So I'm kind of passionate and looking forward to getting that off the ground and seeing where it goes and how far it could take us. I mean, we've talked about even maybe doing a radio show at some point Ooh, okay. that type of thing so we'll see where it takes us but we got to start somewhere right so that's right I, I'm happy and passionate about that and seeing that to fruition oh I love it that's awesome yes you have to we have to start somewhere right and okay. I say that all the time I'm always like oh uh, uh, and then it's like look you can't expect you can't look at somebody who is like a hundred steps ahead of you and think, oh, I need to be right there right now. Right. You, you've got to take those same steps because somebody behind is looking at you and going, oh, I want to be where they are right now. Mm-hmm. So we actually need to take the steps that we need to take, but we also need to acknowledge, you know, how far we've come yes. um, in anything that we've done. You know, yeah. I was just saying to you that this is, it's almost, it's um, by the time this, is airing it will have been a year that I started this podcast and I started this podcast on like you know I decided four five weeks before I launched that I was going to launch and I thought I'm just going to do it and so it's kind of you know that sort of thing Mm -hmm. but also that kind of helps me to pivot to talk about your cancer journey yeah um we are in the month of October Mm -hmm. Uh, not that we don't always think about it's kind of like you know black history month and 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 latin history month and asian you know it's not that those things don't matter all year round but there's a spotlight that is shown Mm -hmm. at this time yes and you and i both have been on that breast cancer journey and so i wanted to bring you on because i want you to tell your story your cancer story and as we say, we have to acknowledge how far we've come. So you can tell us how far beyond your diagnosis and your treatment you are, because you are a survivor and yeah. thriver. Yes, yes. So, yes. so uh, my journey started 2007. So I am 14 years in to this. Yes. Journey. Yes. I found my cancer. You found it. Yes, through self-examination. How so is, I'm going to just pause right here to say how important it is. Absolutely. To do those self-examinations and to believe yourself when you find something that is odd. Yes, yes. Continue with your story, my dear. (laughs) How it started was um, in the shower one day, Mm -hmm. you know, just checking my breast or you know and feeling I felt a lump in my left breast and I was like "Mm, okay this is strange but I had just finished my period maybe Mm -hmm. maybe a week or a couple of days uh, if I can recall correctly and sorry I said well I just finished my period okay let's see um I know the breast is a little lumpy during that time Mm -hmm. so I kind of said okay I'm gonna brush it off but it did there was a lump there and it was pronounced and I felt it maybe about a week or two later bathing again checking and next thing I, I checked underneath my arm I'm going up here and I mm. feel the lump like actually when I'm showering and I feel the lump here I'm like okay now this is weird right that's when I was like okay this is weird so I immediately called, at the time I was going to Planned Parenthood, God bless Planned Parenthood. Okay, I say it all the time too, (laughs) God bless Planned Parenthood. You know, I heard about their beginnings and and, and the talk about, you know, um, 
how they came to be and they're racist or whatever. But I know one of my best experiences mm -hmm. have been with Planned Parenthood because the nurses, um, the nurse practitioners who are doctors or, mm -hmm. you know, in their field, you can almost call them doctors, are very caring. Mm -hmm. So at the time, that's where I was going for my annual checkup and everything like that. Anywho, I I called them and I said, you know, something is strange. They had me come in. They checked. They were like, okay, yes, you need to see someone immediately. They gave me a list. They were so helpful. Um, went to get the mammogram done. And when I got the mammogram done, as I was laying on the, on the, you know, the bed, mm -hmm. I could tell in the technician's face that something was wrong, which mm. back then they usually don't give you a diagnosis or anything like that. Right. But, you know, she, I could tell in her face, okay, something is wrong. So uh, she said, okay, I'm going to be sending these to the doctor. Um, if the doctor does not call you by tomorrow, please call them. That's mm -hmm. what Anywho, I did get a call from the doctor the next day, came in, went to his office and um, sat. It was <laughs> so funny the way he came in. I was in his office. He came in and said, okay, you have breast cancer stage two, da, da, da. And he was just so matter of fact. And I'm sitting there like, what? Wow, really? Yeah, he he just came in there and just broke the news. No chaser, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> just rip the bandaid off. We're just moving on. Wow. Just like that. And I'm sitting there trying to process, process this thing. And, you know, he said, um, we're going to check the next, uh, the next breast. We saw a lump in a, uh, something, uh, next breast. So they wanted to do a biopsy, um, plain and simple. So I started to panic. Um, obviously it took yeah. me a day to like digest this whole thing. Yeah. When I was on the way home, I'm sitting here like shaking my head. My mother had passed of cancer in 1999. Oh. And she passed of skin cancer. There mm -hmm. for black people, but she had a mole that turned cancerous in her foot and she never took any treatment or anything like that. She decided to go natural and do the surgeries to remove the cancer as it traveled or metastasized. Mm. But, um, you know, that's what she did. And I do have a history of cancer in my family, especially mm. on my mother's side. Uh, so I was like, wow, I was healthy. I had no other issues, mm -hmm. no blood pressure issue, nothing healthy. And that's exactly what's written in my chart, you know, healthy. Mm -hmm. I think I was, was I 42 at the time. Yeah. Um, healthy 41 going on 42. I'm trying to remember. Uh -huh. but, yeah. Um, healthy you know so it took a minute to digest this yeah um, when I did I was like okay this is not going to this is not going to get me this is not going to get me yes um, I started sharing it with my friends and family and um, letting them know what was happening so the treatment now um, was they went in uh, you know they did the biopsy. They did the biopsy of the right. It was benign. But during that whole process, when I was going into my doctor's office, they called me Sunshine. That was their nickname for me because nice. of my, yeah, my disposition. And um, okay, let me back up. I found the lump, I want to say in April 2007. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I did have, yeah, it was in April. I had my surgery in May, May 17th. Mm -hmm. Okay. My so, surgery was May too, but it was May 1st. May 1st. So I, yeah, mine was May 17th. And, um, and I remember that because that day was the day that a nonprofit that I had at the time, or that I was a part of at the time was for, um, we became um, legally form, you know, information on that day. Mm -hmm. So, but during th that time period, when I had to go, you know, you get the, the testing, the, the, the biopsy. All the scans, the, yeah. Scans and all that type of stuff. 
the so I would go to the office and they call me Sunshine and one day I went in there and I had to go meet with the plastic surgeon whose office was right down the hall just to see what options I had. Mm-hmm. And when I met with her, especially for the fact that uh, they found another lump here in the right breast. Right. And when mm-hmm. I met with her, her bedside manner was not good. <laughs> she explained to me this whole process about what they're going to do to reconstruct the breast and taking the fat from my stomach and all this type of thing you know and I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh and I because you know when they found the lump in the right breast I had said to myself you know what just take them both It's here, the day you've been waiting for. The registration for the Discovery Den cohort is now open. You can find the link in the show notes, or you can go to citrolamaruska.com backslash work-with-sadie, and that's S-E-D-I-E. What is the Discovery Den cohort? It's a place where you get to connect with like-minded people and you get to dig further into the information that we share. The Discovery Den cohort is where we're going to help you take those strengths that are yours. We're going to help you identify your strengths, take those strengths, couple them with your passion and find exactly where you want to make or where you can make a laser focused difference. So come on by sedrolamaruska.com backslash work dash with dash Sadie or look in the show notes. The link is there. I don't want to deal with this. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Just take them both. I don't want to deal with it. Yep. And that was, that's what led to the, you know, the appointment with the, um, the plastic surgeon. Yeah. So, um, met with her. Her bedside manner was not good. It was not good at all. Went back to the office, and the nurse immediately grabbed me because she saw my face. There's no sunshine anymore. I know, no more sunshine. <laughs> there was no more sunshine. <laughs> she saw my face and grabbed me real quick. Took me back into the doctor's office, and um, I was like, "What am I gonna do?" to do because that process that she explained was not cute and back then right um to get reconstructive surgery it wasn't covered by insurance oh yeah wow okay it it wasn't really covered by insurance like now you can get the implants and all that type of stuff yeah yeah it wasn't really covered by insurance at that Mm. time at least not mine Mm -hmm. um so I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? But my doctor, my surgeon came in and he said, okay, calm down. Because <laughs> he saw my face. And it's not like I was going crazy. He just saw my face. Right, right, right. Sunshine. So he was like, okay, calm down. This is what we're going to do. More than likely, what's in that right breast is probably benign. So we're going to go in, we're going to get it tested. And uh, all we're going to do is a lumpectomy. We're not taking your breast. You're still young. You're beautiful. Da, da, da. So we're not going to do that. And I was like, okay, okay, no problem. Okay. Right. Whatever you say, <laughs> you know? So um, yes. that's what ended up happening. So May 17th was my schedule for the, um, uh, for the lumpectomy. And, uh, we went in, we did the lumpectomy, and then after the lumpectomy, we started chemo. I had to have a second surgery to get clear margins, mm-hmm. um, clearer margins, mm-hmm. so we didn't get everything the first time, and right. hopefully maybe that the chemo would um, maybe reduce it. Now, again, I had stage two, which... Was it invasive lobular carcinoma or um, was it in the ducts, ductal? It was in the ducts. It was in the ducts. It was in the ducts. Um, um, H-E-R positive. Mm -hmm. So it it responded to estrogen Estrogen. and progesterone. That was mine as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
so yes, yeah, so she he he went in. So yes, I had to get the first surgery done. We went to uh, six rounds of chemo. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also on her septum, and then after the six rounds, we went in again and cleared got clearer margins. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after which I had radiation mm. in that area too. All this time I had to work. I was still working. And um, I think I missed work from October because after doing the chemo and that man, you know, that's no <laughs> joke. <laughs> it's no joke. It's no joke. No joke. Mm -hmm. Um, I will share this that, um, you know, they gave me medications for the side effects, which didn't really work for me. Mm. But what did work for me was marijuana. Mm. Okay. A lot of my friends were like, why aren't you smoking marijuana or, you know, for the pain or anything? I was like, well, I'm not comfortable. I had gotten to the point where I started living with a friend because I could not be on my own. Mm-hmm. I wasn't comfortable bringing that substance into her home and um, with her son there, who's my godson mm-hmm. there. But when I talked it over with her, she was like, oh, Helen, <laughs> girl, you better do what you need to do. <laughs> playing. <laughs> what you talking about? Right, right. <laughs> Um, that's, you know, got, got the marijuana, uh, boiled it, made it as tea yeah, and I would drink it before going mm. to bed and would be able to sleep. Right. Help to alleviate a lot of the symptoms. I would sniff it mm-hmm. and it would alle- alleviate the nausea. Mm. Um, another thing that I was taking, I had my cousin who would, uh, bring me a batch of Irish moss. I okay. I drink Irish moss. No. Okay. okay so it's, a, it's a Jamaican drink that mm. is a uh, Caribbean drink, but Jamaican and that is very high in protein. So that kept my energy up mm-hmm. through um, that whole process. And he mm-hmm. would pick up a new batch for me every week and bring it to me. Nice. That whole process. It was beautiful. I was, I have to say that during that time I was, truly blessed with support from family and friends yes and my job was really supportive yes of me at the time and it was I would say that was such a blessing Um, yeah so that was basically it um by February March uh you know I took the regular cocktail um I was on Herceptin for a full year Mm mm-hmm um I took that for a full year and you know the hair fell let me tell you a story about that okay so I had locks and I had beautiful locks my actually the the length of my locks now is the length of it of what before when um I had cancer the picture that I'm sent that I sent you is a picture of me Right before my third treatment. Okay. Before my hair started to to just come out. To come out. So in one of my um, appointments with my oncologist, she was saying to me that, um, okay, you might as well just go ahead and cut off your hair now because it's going to fall. Yeah. And I was like, huh? What? Yeah. You might as well just do it. And I was like, oh, okay. Again, I'm not trying to process this, right? Yeah. She's funny. She's a white woman. And she goes, um, so she gets some advice. And this is exactly what she said. She goes out her office or screams out her office, I should say, to the nurse's station and says, Hey, ladies, I need some black woman advice. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. That's hilarious. No way. While you're sitting there? While I'm sitting there. Okay. What? So here I am with my locks. 
I have my Bob Marley t-shirt because you know I'm into the culture already. Yes, yes. <laughs> I know, right? I repped Jamaica all day long. I'm into my culture, you know, so here I am with my locks and my Bob Marley t-shirt with my Bob Marley um, skirt, a wraparound skirt looking really with the earrings and everything. And the nurse comes in, takes one looks at, look at me because she's telling me to cut my hair, get a wig and all this type of stuff. And I'm like, she took one look at me and said, um, no, she's not going to wear a wig. <laughs> no, no, right? <laughs> she's not going to wear a wig. So she might, she well, gonna maybe, cut, cut that off, but she's just going to wear it natural wig. That's right. She's not wearing a wig. So the, the oncologist said to me, well, maybe what you can do is cut your hair and make a wig out of it. And she, and I'm sitting here like, this woman. <laughs> but what happened was I was I was in denial I was truly in denial because I would take my hair and I would wrap it up right and I would wrap it up thinking that maybe if I didn't if the hair wasn't falling and the weight of the hair wouldn't fall I was in denial my Mm -hmm. surgeon told me the same thing might as well just cut it off because (laughs) it's gonna it's gonna um it's going to fall out yeah in denial so i was still going through the treatment still wouldn't cut my hair would wrap my hair um my hair started to fall like i said the picture picture i sent you right before my hair started to fall so when my hair started to fall out you know Mm-hmm. I was still wrapping my hair. I was like, okay, maybe if I wrap it up, you know, the weight of the, all this time I was, I was saying. Oh my God. <laughs> it was crazy. Yes. And then finally one day I went to treatment, came back. And, you know, as you know, as soon as you go to treatment, you're like knocked out. You're so tired. Yeah. I woke up from treatment and a huge, this like this huge patch boom on the bathroom floor and I looked on the bathroom floor and I was like okay okay hello yeah you know it's it's interesting because I think you know we all have our different paths Mm -hmm. journeys in Mm -hmm. terms of of what we go through when we experience this Mm -hmm. um specifically we're talking about breast cancer Mm -hmm. and it's almost like the difference in grieving, the grieving process, right? Different people do it at different times and different, you, you adopt or you get to the next thing mm-hmm. at different yeah. levels or different paces. Yeah. And you have to be, and it's so important that you just be patient with yourself. Yes. If there's nothing, if there's anything that I learned mm-hmm. during that whole journey, mm-hmm. it was to listen to be patient with and care for me yes it's not about anybody else not even my children right right? it was all about me and how I was feeling and what was going on with me and what I needed right and we don't you know unfortunately as women we don't take the time to do that enough Right. right? right We, you know, we get knocked on our asses when we get cancer. And then it's like, I got time to think about this. Let me think about this. You know, I would love to see more women not get cancer, but think about this and do and take care. Right. Yeah. For me, Mm -hmm. you said your journey, you had your locks. I had decided to cut my locks and my locks were amazing Mm. and I had decided because I had you know I'm so restless with my hair okay so I had decided Mm -hmm. um about four months prior to going to chemo prior to knowing that I had cancer to cut my lock wow okay okay and I was so thankful for that because Mm. I didn't have to watch my locks come out so I can only imagine your feeling you know watching the long locks come out I I already had short hair Mm -hmm. right so it was when it was coming out I was like well here it's coming out Mm -hmm. so I just you know I you know pulled it out shaved it and kept it moving Mm -hmm. but when you're talking about your locks I'm like ooh, ooh, 
Let me tell you, it was like, I'm telling you, because I was in denial of this thing for yeah. so long, because I was just trying everything. I had gone to a um, concert in Florida during the time, mm -hmm. during that time. My head was wrapped and everything, and then people knew, people didn't um, know, what was, not a lot of people didn't know what was going on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, later on, one of the persons at the show had said to me, I was wondering why you were wearing a head wrap in the dead of July in this <laughs> heat. <laughs> she, she was like, I didn't want to say anything, but right. I'm like, why is she wearing a head wrap? Because at that time, the locks were, you know, this whole lump didn't fall at that time, but it was like little locks here yeah. and there falling. Mm -hmm. and so again I was in that denial and a friend of mine who had went with me her name is Angel she wrapped my head she saw the ball spots and she wrapped my head for me really nice and everything like that but you know this person who realized later because I had documented my journey journey on Facebook and right at that time it was my space too and mm -hmm. that type of thing actually at that time it was my space um, mm -hmm. it was a big thing and I had documented my journey there and she was like I was wondering when I was why <laughs> <laughs> in this heat you was wearing this head wrap <laughs> she yeah. it. but um so yeah, when when that huge and I remember it clearly because it was right here. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Helen, okay, okay. Yeah. You have to come to terms with this. Yeah. But my friend who had been coming again, I had not moved to my other friend yet. I was still dealing with this by myself at my home. Mm. She came to just check in on me because that's what they did. The people would take turns and check in with me after I had my chemo. So she came and she would check in with me and, and she um, saw the hair and she was like, okay. She called my cousin who was a nurse, immediately told her what happened. And my cousin said, we're going to have a haircutting ceremony for her. That's beautiful. So I'm going to tell you, this was the most beautiful experience. So what she did was at her home, she had this potluck, had my friends, family over. And um, after, you know, I was ready, friends came out of town, like Jelaine, you know, Jelaine. Yeah, yeah. They all came from out of town and, and came to the potluck. And um, they, what ended up happening was, um, when I was ready, <laughs> mm -hmm. they she took me up to this room and they laid this whole blanket out and my friends sat around me in a circle and I was in the middle of the blanket. Mm. Everybody, you know, said words of encouragement to me. Mm -hmm. They read, they sang songs, uh, read scripture and prayed when they when they finished praying, each of my friends took the scissors and cut my lock. Mm. You know, took turns cutting my locks. Mm. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. Mm. Me too. That's so beautiful. <laughs> it was the most beautiful experience. And they took turns cutting my locks. Mm -hmm. and, and it was funny. Some male friends came over too and male cousins, but again they stayed downstairs mm -hmm. while we went this was a sister circle it was a sister circle yeah when my locks locks were all cut and they took the razor and shaved me ball the men came upstairs and each of them came and kissed my forehead mm. oh i'm telling you i'm mm. tearing up <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was the most beautiful and empowering experience yes Everybody was saying, oh, Helen, you're so beautiful. You have the head for it. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, um, they shaved, they, they washed my scalp, oiled my scalp. Telling you, the most beautiful experience that they gave me. And um, I still wasn't comfortable with going out with <laughs> my head bald. Even though yes. Helen, you are gorgeous. Mm -hmm. and, 
you know, this type of stuff. So I was wrapping my head still and going to work. Mm-hmm. Finally, I got to the point where I was so weak, Sadie, that I could not even lift my arm mm. start wrapping my head. That's mm. what I said. Okay, Ella. It is what it is. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. So I started and people, I would get compliments on the street. And I'm sitting here like, okay, these people have no idea that I'm going through cancer. <laughs> Look, okay. I, I am fighting a battle. <laughs> I can so relate to that because it's like, I remember going to the store and just going through like normal process, right? And I'm paying. And it's not that anybody's doing anything to me that's adverse, you know, mean or anything like that. But I'm thinking in my head, they have no idea what is happening with me right now. And it's, and it becomes so like, so vivid, like you're just so vividly aware. Mm -hmm. And I also realized at that point that, you know, when you hear that quote that says, you don't know what someone else's battle is at any point in time. So be kind, be kind, how true, how people could be going through so much and they're just, going through their day right mm-hmm. and they're just going through the emotions and yeah. doing the thing yeah. and it's like oh my gosh you know but but you know the, the the beauty of it is the kindness of people to say and to be able to go oh my god you just look so beautiful it's you're so, so beautiful, beautiful. random <laughs> random on the street I was in a restaurant with uh, again these vivid memories I was in a restaurant with uh, my friends we went to eat and somebody he was with his family I guess in the next booth and he came over to my table and said he was he was an African and he Mm -hmm. came over to my table and he said you look exactly like this African singer she was a famous African singer and I forget her name but she Mm -hmm. wore her head bald Mm -hmm. and he was like you are so gorgeous Mm. and look just like her and I had to look her up and everything and she right. was a gorgeous woman but that's how she wore her head her head, her head was bald mm-hmm. and my friend sitting there next to me like mm, see mm. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> we've been trying to tell you girl <laughs> you know, so I was like okay so it just like you said you know people not having a clue as to what you're going through mm-hmm. you know and a lot of people like I remember one time I did tell somebody you know uh, I'm bald because I'm going through chemo and they were like what what yeah and it was interesting because my face had cleared up <laughs> I mean when they said yes girl I mean I- <laughs> my face was looking and like glowing glowing it was so serious interesting I had gone someplace and another woman was asking me about my skincare regimen <laughs> chemo you should that's what don't I told try her. it <laughs> that's what I told her that's exactly what I told her and she was like what yes she said I would have never known that you were fighting this battle I said oh. it's chemo yes and black it's chemo. yes <laughs> It's the right. So you know what? Uh, you know what? I um, a question that I would have is, I, I when you talk about the support that you had, the you know the 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 blessing of the support that you had, mm-hmm. I had that same blessing. Mm-hmm. When you talk about going into your doctor's office and they're calling you sunshine, mm-hmm. I had that same type of reaction one nurse said to me she said man I just love it when you come up in here I was like really she's like yes you have such a great attitude she's like you won't beat this thing because you you're just so you're just so high all the time right yes 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 and so I want to ask you in your mind Mm -hmm. do you think that that is what has helped you be 14 years removed and and, and, and be able to be on this journey. Do you think that that is what has sustained you? Like that is what gave you the strength and the, the ability to get through that? Yes. I think I, 
you 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 may have a great point there because I think that may have been it. I I was determined not. I was like, I'm not dying of cancer. That's not happening. Let me tell you what I called <laughs> the day mm-hmm. I was diagnosed. I had to get some blood tests. Mm-hmm. I went downstairs from the office to get the blood test, mm-hmm. and I called my sister and I told her what had happened Mm -hmm. but I said to her in that same conversation the day that I was diagnosed I said this did not come to kill me Mm -mm. I said this came to teach me something Mm. I'm going to stay open to the lessons Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be all good it's gonna be all good yeah that was my thing um I'd been on a spiritual journey Mm. before Mm -hmm. you know we grew up seven day Adventists and mm, has questions you know throughout you know I know you can relate yes (laughs) you know so I'd been on this journey before and in this journey I studied other religious doctrines like Mm -hmm. Buddhism um, Islam Mm -hmm. Quran you know just different lifestyles uh even rasta mm-hmm. uh, so i was on this journey and when this hit me i think i was at a place to say okay i'm not going to be angry about this i'm not going to be angry at god and say why did this happen to me yes. i was like why not me oh my god girl that's exactly what i said i said i uh <laughs> You're giving me chills right now. Yes. Yes. I said, because if it's not me, then am I wishing it on someone else? And Mm -hmm. why would I do that? Like, why would it be for them and not for me? For me. Exactly. That was my whole attitude too. Yes. So I wasn't angry Mm -hmm. that I obviously was like, okay, what did I do wrong health-wise maybe? Mm. But I was like, you know, okay. I wasn't angry at God or anything like that because my spiritual journey had taken me to a different level. Yes. It had taken me to a different level. Um, I this Another book that I'd read before all this happened was The Four Agreements. Love that book. Mm, the Four Agreements? Four Agreements by okay. Don, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. I'm messing up oh. with him right now. Don Miguel Ruiz okay okay but that book changed my perspective on a lot of things Mm. um and so when I didn't take the fact that I had gotten cancer personally Mm -hmm. right and angry about it and I said okay this thing's not gonna beat me it's not I'm not dying of this this is not what's taking me down Right. So my whole attitude was, okay, this is just a little bump on the road. Right. This is just something I've got to go through. Was, this was just a yield or, you know, on the yes. road. So I actually wrote a blog about that too. And on space, on face, on not my space. Mm-hmm. This is just a little bump on the road. So I was still doing, I was still going to work. Um, I was still working with artists that I that I uh, love to work with. As a matter of fact, I took on an artist and started to manage him um, and still doing me, still traveling, still doing these things in between all of this is of what I'm, yes. uh, I'm going through. So I think the drive to just keep going is kind of what has helped mm-hmm. me when I had to go to because they had to take the uh, lymph nodes. They took 16 lymph nodes. Yes. One was cancerous, right? So I had to go through therapy for my arm. You know, the arm swells up and I had to wear this this um, brace that brace. I was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hated it, <laughs> but I had yes. to wear it. Right? Yes. And I had to go through therapy. And the lady who I was doing my therapy with, she was amazing also. It was so positive. And she was like, you know, you're going through this chemo, just pray. And I would do that. I would pray. I said, dear God, I know this is poison going through me, but let it do what it have to do and let me get 
pastor and that's this is the prayer that I would pray before going to chemo yes and she would be so encouraging and so I had all these these people along my journey who was so encouraging of of me and I think that helped with my spirits and the fact that I was like this is not taking me down yes I think that attitude is kind of what has gotten me through all these years I'm, I'm older now and the journey has been interesting because you think I thought, and I was sharing this with my cousin uh, yesterday, I thought, okay, go through chemo, go through radiation, take those daggone pills, mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and then it'll be over. I'll be back. No. <laughs> Not like nope. one thing after another. So, you know, um, I'm still dealing with side effects i'm still yeah. dealing with things 14 years later that if i i believe that if i hadn't gone through cancer and chemo that i would not be dealing with yeah at this stage um i had to have a full complete hysterectomy with my ovaries to be removed mm. um in 2011 because i was on tamoxifen I was still bleeding heavily. Really? Yep. Wow. It was heavy and painful. Mm. There was one, I had to leave work at one point to go to the emergency room because I was bleeding so much that I thought maybe I was hemorrhaging or something was happening. Mm -hmm. And um, while I was on tamoxifen, now tamoxifen, I call that the devil. Wow. I call that the devil. Tamoxifen. I'm not taking tamoxifen. I'm taking letrozole. Okay. I call tamoxifen the devil. <laughs> that thing is the devil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because the pain that I would be in. But the reason why they had me on tamoxifen was even though I had my period had stopped during the chemo, I was still young enough that they were saying that my period would probably come back. Right. So that's why they had me on the tamoxifen. Right. Yeah. I was on the tamoxifen that whole time, but my joints hurt. I couldn't, sometimes I couldn't move. I was in so much pain and, mm. you know, all these, it was, I call it the devil. So. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's how the devil's pain. Yeah. So I was on that and taking that and going through all of that. And it was, it was really hard Mm -hmm. but I believe that if I had not if I had not gone through that Mm -hmm. a lot of what I'm going through now um as far as symptom wise would I would not be seeing these things until maybe my 60s or 70s right I was on I had to have a full hysterectomy again because I was bleeding so much Mm -hmm. went to the gynecologist, he was saying, well, because of your history, maybe this is what we need to do. They found a fibroid. I've never had issues with fibroids before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. None of that. My uterus was prolapsing. Mm. Diagnosis that I had, a my uterus was prolapsing and they found this fibroid that was like the, a, a little bigger than a quarter. For clarity, can you explain what prolapsing means just okay. so that people will understand what you mean, what so, you're saying? Meaning that my uterus was dropping. So the doctor told me at some point. It was just going to fall out. It would fall out. Oh, Lord. That made no sense to me. <laughs> Till this day, I still can't wrap my brain around it a little bit. But it, it was strange because usually when this happens because he wanted to know how many children I had all these things and I only had one son mm-hmm. he was born nine pounds three ounces <laughs> that was how many years you know at the time that he was you know big young man at the time right so like, how is this happening to me so that's when they decided okay maybe and you know I went and got a second opinion um, my oncologist said well go with what he's saying so, you know, I had this done. So I slammed right into menopause. Yeah. And then I'm on 
at that point I had switched from tamoxifen, if I can recall. Yeah, I think switched from tamoxifen to this other drug. Um, I think I want to call it Fumira. At the time it was Fumira. Mm-hmm. And here I am taking a drug that is going to lessen my estrogen levels. And then you get a full hysterectomy with the ovaries. You have no hormones. So you can just imagine. Yes. Upheaval that, that, that caused. Mm. Interestingly enough, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if women go through this or have gone through this. For two years after my hysterectomy, I was still feeling the symptoms of having a period. Mm-hmm. But nothing <laughs> would come. So I was still feeling these symptoms. And it was very interesting. Um, they had, they put me on different medications, but I didn't like the side effects mm-hmm. of medications. Um, I would gain weight. I would have brain fog. I would have, there was one medication that I was on that I felt like I was actually losing my mind and I didn't realize that I had been going, I was going into a depression Mm, spiral yeah spiraling depression but because i didn't recognize it what was happening to me also there was other symptoms that i was going through forgetfulness paranoia Mm. all these things that i was going through during that time on the different type of medications that i was on in 2015 was when i decided no more medication no more done with that i'm done with that (laughs) no more i'm not taking it and i said god if cancer comes back it comes back but i decided no more because it was just so many things that i had gone through with these different medications and this is why i'm so leery of medications now i do my research i don't Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. take you know and even now that we're in covid with this vaccine you know, I'm still living mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I, I went through this journey with different medications and what it did for me. And I understand that I guess it's better to take, they say, because it will help prolong your life. But man, the side effects of joint pain, memory loss. Yeah, um, then it's kind of like, what kind of life? What kind of life are you living, you know, yeah. at that point? I also, I will say this during that, during the journey, because at one point I wanted to just go natural Mm -hmm. uh, and not do any of these things, but I had people begging me to take the chemo because of my history, uh, my family history. Right. I was the first one of my generation that had gotten cancer Mm -hmm. and my, my mother, my aunts and uncles, they did not take the chemo or take any of these things they did it naturally and you know they passed so I had cousins begging me like family begging me please just take the chemo do your natural thing too so I did both I did yes herbs and everything like that and I would say that at the time the doctors were very encouraging like do whatever it is you have to do yes to help you get through this Um, yes whatever it is you have to take just let us know so we know that it won't be um, interfering. Right. Or have a reaction or anything. Or reaction yeah. Or stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, so, you know, that's what I did. So now that you've stopped taking all of the medication, how are you feeling? Well, again, that, that's, that's been another journey because it's like, you know, I'm getting a, a lot of it. I'm like, okay, is this age or is this a part of this, this journey? Right. Um, I have back issues now. I'm in pain um, a lot. And it's a degenerative thing. Mm. So I could, you know, I feel like if I hadn't gone through this journey, I probably wouldn't have been going through these things until maybe my 60s, 70s, 80s. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, um, but I'm going through a lot of these things that I believe is a result of that journey mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm experiencing now. Mm-hmm. I'm very v- vigilant about my health. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I bug the doctors and they're, they're probably at this point. Yeah. I bug the doctors. <laughs> you 14 years. 
14 years, you're good. You're good. Hold yeah. on. You didn't make it. As but you know, life. that's it. But you know, that I think that that's part of the journey. It's like, and I've said it before I go, you know what? Once a cancer patient, always a cancer patient. Not that you have, that you have active cancer in your body, but you're a constant patient and it's constantly in the back of your mind. Whenever you feel something that's odd, you go, is that it coming back or is it something else? And you have to, I find that I have to talk myself down a lot of times. Like, look, give yourself a few days. If it still persists or if it gets worse or whatever, then maybe we'll consider it. But it's today. Just chill out, you know, (laughs) chill girl. Right. You have to, cause you know, and then, you know, sometimes like, okay, I might be paranoid, like, because it's, you know, and it's not like after a while they stop testing you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm still within the five years. So You're I still, still see my oncologist every, um, I see him every six months, but I go in every three months for, mm-hmm. um, for a shot to keep mm-hmm. my ovaries quiet. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was a transition when I, when I stopped going in like almost every two weeks or so, mm-hmm. it was a transition in my mind that I had to do. It's like, well, who's going to, who's going to be following me or watching me to make sure that this is not coming back. Right. You have this anxiety, anxiety. right. And you have to kind of work through that. Absolutely. And so right now I'm just kind of like, okay, everybody seems to I'm doing okay and everybody seems to be calm nobody's showing me any underlying you know so I'm gonna stay calm yes yeah but yeah yeah Yeah. I still get tested for ovarian cancer and uh, interestingly enough um without ovaries without ovaries because because um they say that even though your ovaries removed there are cells that are still there Oh, wow. Okay. And I looked it up and yeah, uh, some women, even after they've had their ovaries removed, can get ovarian cancer. And I have wow. a history of that in my family. So, you know, and because of other symptoms that are going on, that's something that they want to rule out. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I still, I will still get tested for um, ovarian cancer. Interestingly enough, it's, yeah, very interesting. Wow. So, um, so yeah, this it's it's been it's been an interesting interesting journey. journey. Yeah. yeah. Interesting journey. Um, but you're right. I, I try to talk myself down too sometimes and say, okay, mm, all right, you know, just chill. <laughs> it's chill, <not>. girl. <laughs> Again, you know, you hear about women who have breast cancer comes back as something else or and they're fighting cancer after cancer and I remember one time in my whole five year I had asked my oncologist to do a PT scan (laughs) 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 he was fighting me on it I was like listen let's just get insurance (laughs) (laughs) do it please for my peace of mind (laughs) yes there were other things going on and i was like yes and i mean (laughs) excuse me i don't know about you but i think part of it is (laughs) excuse me so part of it is Mm -hmm. that you are going along in life (laughs) living life Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden cancer came exactly you went through cancer Mm -hmm. you went through all the things you did all the things But because you knew before cancer, you didn't know you had cancer. Now that you know you had cancer, you feel like any time it can come back because right. you're just going along life like you will, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just more aware. I think you're just more aware of your vulnerability, how vulnerable you really are. Whereas before it was kind of like you felt almost invincible right? You kind of feel invincible. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. You and know, I you was. said the same thing. I was. I was healthy. No blood pressure issues. No diabetes. Yes. Nothing. 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 I would, I was working out. I was, I was Girl, healthy. I and went to go, <laughs> I went to go get an echo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
an echocardiogram because I needed to get the echo, the ultrasound echo before I started chemo Mm -hmm. to make sure so that they would have a baseline of my heart Mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I walk in to get this done and the lady's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, Hey, I'm doing great. She's like, okay, so what's going on today? I was like, nothing. I'm feeling fine. She was like, cancer. I was like, Oh, right. That's right. That's why I'm here. I literally, <laughs> literally, I was like, oh, oh, that's right. That's why I'm here. I forgot I got cancer. Right. But like everything, I was just fine. Like, you know, you're going along and you're fine. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, bam, you're like, yes. oh, right. Yes. <laughs> like, what? Okay. He so. and I both laughed. I was like, oh. He's <laughs> like, okay, girl, you're going to be all right. I was like, okay. Yes. I hear you. Mm-hmm. So, wow. I'm just, thank you for sharing your story because I hope, I'm, my hope is that it will help someone else feel hopeful and feel, it will help someone who does not have cancer understand the value there is in slowing down and thinking about yourself and caring for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it will help someone who is going through the cancer journey or who has gone through the cancer journey to know that there is actually life on the other side. Yes. Going through it is yeah. hard. Yes. You're going to experience things that you really would not want to experience. Yes. But on the other side, yes. there's clarity. There's certain types of clarity that come that you might not get without having gone through that journey. Yes, yes, yes. And so you sharing your story helps, you know, people to see that, look, you know, 14 years down the line, you could be, you know, living life to the fullest and have your locks all the way back down to the, you know. That's right. (laughs) This was another journey too, back to my locks. It was another journey because I had to be, I had to accept my hair was different now. Yes. I started, this is the third or fourth attempt. I had started my locks. My hair was mm, cut them off. Started again. The medications was making my hair thin and actually uh, patches of hair was falling out. Mm. Cut it off. Started it again. Oh, I didn't like, because the locks that I had before was so beautiful and thick and thick, fabulous. And, but my hair was different now. So I had to accept that. And once I accepted it and said, okay, this is my hair now. Yep. I'm going to make it work. Yep. That's what I did. And I started these set about three years ago now. Yeah. Wow. Three years. Nice. Three years ago. And they've been good and um, healthy and yeah. I said, once it gets to a point where it's not healthy anymore, then yeah, I'll just cut them off. And yep. It's okay. Yep. Yep. And I'm happy with it. So you nice. know, it, it's a journey of understanding and accepting, okay, this is what's happening, you know. Absolutely. You know, my, my breasts are still here. You know, when I when I wear clothes or whatever, I still get people in my room with beautiful boobs. And I'm like, yeah, I love them. <laughs> I love the girls. <laughs> they still here. They mine. Yay! <laughs> you know, mine are not here. Okay. I had okay. two. I had um mastectomy. Okay. Without reconstruction. Okay. Double. Double. Okay. And there are many reasons for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when you talk about accepting Accept. and understanding that your body is different, things are different. Mm-hmm. My body is so different. Yes. Now. Right. Yeah. I've gained weight a little bit through this pandemic and mm-hmm, taking this mm-hmm. you know, medication. Mm-hmm. And that's different for me because you know me. I, you knew me at 95 pounds. Trust me, girl. I was 95 pounds until I was way, way. Wow. Okay. okay. <laughs> you okay. know, until I was uh, 30, almost 35, I was 95 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to 100 or 110, I was like, oh, yay. Mm-hmm. So now I'm looking at myself. Mm-hmm. at 133 and mm-hmm. I'm going whoa who first of all it's not that I'm not liking it because I got some junk in my trunk mm-hmm. now and you know I, I, yeah. I'm happy you yeah. know for that but it's a it's a it's a process of mm-hmm. acceptance that comes because your body is going to be different 
mm-hmm. things are going to be different. Be different. Things but are you, different. But you have to kind of, and but that's what the journey is for, to mm-hmm. help you to love and understand and accept yourself. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. So before we wrap this up, I want to okay. ask you a final question. Okay. Which is, mm-hmm. what is your favorite dish? Aki and sauce. I knew that's what you that all day, every day, <laughs> with some sorrow. <laughs> oh, I know you rep the culture, girl, and I knew that was going to be there. That is it. I have used it as my password sometimes. Aki and saltfish, that is my favorite dish. <laughs> I yes. love it. I love it. I love it. And I love you. Thank you so much for being on. It's so good to connect with you. Yes. And to have you here and still thriving and surviving. Yes. Thank you. And I'll be back anytime you want me to. And I hope when I start my podcast, you'll come on as a guest. I am there. I am there. Just let me know. Oh, absolutely. Good luck to you. Hey, did you enjoy that episode? If so, please leave a review. It would mean the world, but only if it's a good one and you really did enjoy it. In which case, it would be awesome if you help support my work over at Patreon. The link is in the show notes. See you soon.